Welcome to Caregiver's Best Friend. I'm so pleased that for our first podcast, I can welcome Dr. Gwendolyn Grady to be with us. I have such respect for her, her credibility, her intelligence, and the reach that she has actually nationally has been such a blessing to not only our country, but also to our board. She's a member of our Presbyterian Villages of Michigan board, and she has such insights on caregiving that I'm so pleased to welcome you. Thank you. And Lynn, let me start by thanking you for the invitation. You know, when we talk about the topic of caregiving, it's very timely because as our society continues to age and the need for caregivers will increase, this is really a very important topic. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes. So pleased to have you here. Yes. And Nick, can you tell us a little bit about um, your background? Because oh. I was saying before we got on to this that we could spend probably an hour talking about your background, all of the boards that you're on, the task forces, your work as a geriatrician. So can you fill us in a little yes. bit on what that all sure. involves? So I am a geriatrician by training, and a geriatrician is a physician that specializes in the medical and social issues around the aging population. I've been doing that now for almost 40 years and selected to do geriatrics partly because of the relationship that I had with my grandfather growing up, but also I felt like that particular population often was invisible. And so the opportunity to be able to not only take care of them, but make certain that they get equitable mm -hmm. uh, medical care and also make certain that they had access to medical care. And now in my latter years, <laughs> making certain that I'm training future health care providers to understand the importance and the role of taking care of older adults, which will include all of us, by the way. Yes, it will. <laughs> and excellent. You mentioned your grandfather. I found this so often where people who come into the field do so partly because of a relationship, exactly. myself included. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that we train young people as well in schools about the aspects of Absolutely. caregiving and seniors and mm -hmm. the importance of respecting them. Exactly. So I am heartened by people like yourself who are willing to invest in training future generations and future Absolutely. professionals. It's very important. And so to begin to talk about caregivers and who caregivers are and the importance of caregivers, the role of caregivers, the types of things we need to begin to think about as a society regarding caregivers is very dear and close to me. Right. So this is a great opportunity. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Well, that was going to be one of my questions, actually, about okay. what should we do as a society. So why don't we go there next yeah. and then we can cover okay. some other areas. You know, it may sound simple, but it actually is simple. And often it's something that we don't think about is number one, let's recognize who caregivers are. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, for instance, often the role of the caregiver, especially right now, I'm talking about the informal unpaid caregiver, yes. by the way. Yes. I'm talking about the family, the friend, the mm -hmm. neighbor. Often that role is unappreciated. <laughs> and I think if we start with something as simple as recognizing the importance of an informal caregiver and making certain that the person that they're caring for is allowed to stay in their home or stay in the community, that they're allowed to continue to have dignity and feel some sense of value and autonomy over their life because somebody 
is willing to sacrifice their time to care for them. And I think if as a society, if we just start with recognizing that caregivers are important and we will never have enough caregivers as the population continues to age. So number one, it's recognizing them. Number two, it's being available for caregivers. And some of that is the caregiver's responsibility. The caregiver needs to be able to ask for help. However, don't wait for them to ask you. (laughs) Reach out. You know know I'm caring for my mom. Reach out and say, hey, listen, you want to go to the mall or you want to go to a movie tonight? I'll take care of mom. Why don't you go do that? I'll take care of mom. That's very well stated. And I know for years I've heard people say when they're a primary caregiver, if I could just go to lunch with a friend, if I can just go to the beauty salon or my church services, that gives me a little bit of respite to keep going. So when we're in that circle of friends and family, I know a lot of times you're right. People actually hesitate to say, what can I do? Maybe even better than saying, what can I do? How about giving them a suggestion? Exactly. And even a gift card sometimes Mm. uh, appreciate what they're doing. It is. And another important thing is to remind them of the importance of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because the caregiver that doesn't take care of themselves can't take care of the one that they're caring for. I like to use the analogy of when you're on an airplane, when the stewardess is telling you what you need to do and if the the uh, the pressure drops and you need to put on your oxygen mask, yeah, you've got your granddaughter with you. Yeah, maybe it's your grandparent with you, but they always tell you what? Put your oxygen on first. So <laughs> reminding them to take care of themselves. Yes to make certain that they see their physician on a regular basis, that they're getting enough rest at night, just take care of themselves. That's another important component. And I think it's something that we can do and we probably don't do enough of it. Again, very well stated. That's an excellent analogy. And I've even heard of instances, many instances, where a caregiver actually passes away before the person they're caring for. Yes, yes. And as a matter of fact, I recently saw statistics that one out of seven, every caregiver has a either a cardiac condition or has had a stroke. And one out of five has coronary artery disease. And when you consider those risk factors for death, right. it goes back to what you just said. Unfortunately, caregivers can end up in the hospital or caregivers can die before the person that they're caring for. And what a tragedy that would be, because nobody is going to care for them like that caregiver would. So it is important to help reinforce and remind caregivers and also let them know it is okay to take care of yourself. Yes. It it is okay to take care of yourself. It's a standard right. It is. (laughs) Taking care of yourself or self-care is not selfish. Ooh. Self-care is not (laughs) selfish. So it is important for them to take care of themselves. Excellent. So I think it's useful for all of us to listen to Dr. Grady because we don't want to find ourselves in that position. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's important for people to know that it isn't selfish. I was saying in another podcast that people get into what's called a symbiotic relationship where they think they're the only ones that can care for their loved Uh one, and the loved one thinks they're the only ones who can. And so I always tell folks, don't buy into that. Do not buy into that because it is not true. And actually what it does is it probably takes away from the relationship then because there's some guilt that gets in there or there's some assumptions that will get into the relationship. So 
it is important not to buy into that. You're right. Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, also, what is the lay of the land? You talked about it a little bit across America with caregiving. I know you've been involved with yeah. more than several innovations and trends, mm -hmm. which can help us as a society to do the kinds of things we're saying yes. needs to be done. Right. So in terms of the landscape, first of all, the statistics are pretty clear. As a matter of fact, they're staggering. So those over the age of 65, over the next 20 years or so, it will double. So those over the age of 65 is a part of our society. The numbers will double. But listen to this. Those over the age of 85 will triple. Now, why are those numbers important? Because we also know that 70% of those over the age of 65 will need some help taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So as the population continues to age, the need for that population, which would be a caregiver, will also increase. But here are the other statistics. When you look at paid caregivers, we have now maybe about 2.3 million paid caregivers. In the next six to seven years, we're going to need to backfill that by almost 7 million. Why is that? Because many of those paid caregivers will decide they no longer want to do this for several reasons. Some because they don't feel like they're being paid. They're not adequate benefits. And another one that is a society we need to work on, they don't feel valued. Mm -hmm. Because often in those positions, they feel undervalued. Yes. So that's going to be significant. But what about the informal or unpaid caregiver? Well, the number for those will be in the millions. And as a matter of fact... When we look at the amount of care that is required or is provided by the unpaid caregiver, it is probably more than 200 million hours per year, which equates to more than $500 billion. And that's so we, a billion with a B, That's right? a billion with a B. Yeah, <laughs> a billion with a B. Yeah. So more than 200 million hours that they put in providing care, but if they were being paid... That would be north of $500 billion. Can you imagine that? It is so, staggering, isn't it? It's yes. staggering. Yeah. And when you consider that those caregivers have many other things going on in their lives, they're married, they have children, they're working, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the need to have caregivers will only continue to increase. And unless something changes in terms of how we value them, how they're compensated, mm -hmm. being creative and innovative as it relates to caregivers, we're going to be in trouble right. because we're aging. We're an aging population. Thank goodness that we're aging. Yeah. But who will take care of us? Right. And, you know, you're absolutely right. We're already seeing the signs of this yeah. because uh, recently it's so hard to fill positions. We're already uh, behind that. on I that. So that. we've got to step it up we've big time. To, yeah, we've got to come up with something. Yeah. We're going to have to look at we're going to have to look at the value, the role and the importance of caregiving differently than we probably ever have. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think we're beginning some campaigns on that with our associations to really educate the public as to how important this is, because it's like anything in society. If we're not going through something, we don't think about it. We put it out of that. our minds. Exactly. There's so much going on around us. So mm -hmm. it's important to recognize across the board these issues that yeah. you're talking about. Exactly. Something else that I recently saw 
The CDC has now identified caregiving as a public concern. So it tells you again that there is something coming down the line. And I'm not talking about 60 years. I'm right. talking about seven, eight, ten years mm-hmm. where we're going to have to begin to think differently about who a caregiver is. So it's going to be how we define a caregiver. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to think differently about what it takes to make certain that we have adequate caregivers. And we'll talk in a minute about some of the innovations that we should be considering. Right. But I think from a societal, from a governmental perspective, we're going to have to look at the role of caregiving differently than we ever have. To call, For the CDC to call it a public health concern, that's pretty significant. Absolutely. We're not talking about COVID now. Yeah, We're right. talking about caregiving. Right. A public health concern. Well, and it's wonderful that they are beginning to recognize that and put emphasis on yeah, it. Yeah, it is Because important. we need that in order to do what we're talking about. Otherwise, we're in trouble. I know that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, we were talking about taking care as a caregiver. Uh, what are some things you've heard about from caregivers or professionals that really help people uh, to reduce their stress and, mm-hmm. and help them with self-care? Okay. I'm going to start with some of the innovative things that I think we're going to be seeing more of. And that really has to do with what's the role of remote caregiving. Now, I don't really know what that looks like. I, I'm not <laughs> certain that I can envision a robot coming in the bathroom to help me take a bath. But as a society, we may be going in that direction for some personal care things. But what about the types of things specifically that caregivers can do to really be able to care for themselves? The first thing, Lynn, is to be forgiving of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I get tired and so I feel guilty. My mom is really getting on my nerve. I feel guilty. Be forgiving of themselves. That's the number one thing. Be forgiving of themselves. You know what, Dr. Grady? I have to remind myself of that, too. My mom is 98. Ah. My parents took care of all four of my grandparents. And my father rocked his mother to sleep the entire night, the night she died. Now, think of that in terms of I have a full-time profession. I have a family and doing the best that I can. But on any given day, I can find myself saying, I'll never be able to match that, you know, so a little bit of forgiveness. Forgive oneself. Absolutely. And then being able to take care of oneself mentally, Mm -hmm. physically and spiritually. Each of those areas really need to be cared for. Physically, it's going to your provider. Now, it is important for the caregiver. When you see your provider, let your provider know that you're a caregiver They don't know you're a caregiver unless you tell them. It's important for your physician to know that you are a caregiver. So when that blood pressure is a little bit high, you've been having problems keeping your diabetes under control, or you just haven't been able to get those five pounds out off. And the physician wants to fuss, say, hold on, I'm a caregiver. So it's important to let them know that. So physically take care of oneself. Mm -hmm. Mentally, it is quite okay to get a counselor to be able to talk through things. It's okay to have a buddy system where you can talk about things that are bothering you. And by the way, a safe space. So you can say, doggone it, I'm mad. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this. Yeah. It's okay to have a safe space. Right. And then spiritually, whatever your spiritual or religious community is, mm-hmm. do not disconnect. 
There was a study recently that I love quoting, and it was from the American Directors Association. It was in August 22. That's when it was in the journal. And the the title of the article was Bad Company. And what it shows was that people who are isolated, they consider that bad company, Mm -hmm. are at risk for fatigue, increased pain, and depression. So it's extremely important to continue to be in your communities because in those communities, you also find support. You also find people who can listen. And so physically taking care of yourself, mentally taking care of yourself, and spiritually taking care of yourself. Those are some of the things that I would recommend. And the final one, it's not the final one because I have a list this long, but I don't think I have time. (laughs) I know you do. (laughs) Please get past feeling like you can't ask for help. You know, we live in a society now where we think we, we can do it all. And most of us can. But do you have to do it all? Right. So it's okay to reach out and say, I need some help. And for those of you who are not caregivers, if you see a caregiver, don't necessarily wait for them to ask for help. Reach out and offer help. Right. Reach out and touch somebody. Reach out and help someone. Don't wait for them to ask. So, but being okay as a caregiver to say, I, I can't do this. I'm tired. Right. I need some help. <laughs> and preparing for whatever may happen with that caregiver. It's interesting that often people don't have advanced directives. They don't have, you know, their wills in order. Even as the caregiver, making certain that those things are in place, it takes sort of a burden off of you if something actually happens to your loved one or if something happens to you as the caregiver. Absolutely. So it's really important to have those types of things in place. I'm constantly talking about prevention and being ahead of the game. So important. But that, again, taking care of ourselves is so key. And if you are a friend or a family member of a caregiver, I think we mentioned this a little bit before, don't just say, what can I do to help? That's right. Say, how about if you go out to lunch with Mm -hmm. so-and-so and I'll... Stay with our dad for three go. hours or whatever. Or go right. away for the weekend and my wife or husband and I will come in mm-hmm. and take care of mom and dad mm-hmm. while you do that. Exactly. Um, I'll provide respite. That's what that's yeah, called. Right. I'll provide respite. You go take a weekend off. Go get a massage. Go do something that you want to do for yourself. And I'll take care of mom or I'll take care of dad or I'll take care of your husband while you go do such and right. such. So you're right. Be specific about what it is that you can do to help them. Yeah, very key. Yeah. Um, If you had uh, one final thought you'd like to leave folks with is what's so key. I know that's putting you on the spot. Well, as many as you'd like to talk about. We've got all day here. Only one. I could listen to you forever. Yeah, I think. um, And it really sums everything that we've already said. Caregiving is hard work. Many times you put your life on hold, or we call that sandwich generation where you've got your family on one side, you've got the one you're caregiving on the other side, and I refer to it as a peanut butter sandwich, and you're (laughs) smashed right in the middle. But I also want you to understand that caregiving is fulfilling. It's rewarding. You allow someone that you love to stay in their home to stay in the community, to be where they want to be for whatever the time that they have left. So as difficult as your role is as a caregiver, please always remember 
that there is so much value and there's some great rewards for those who do what you do day in and day out without getting paid for it. Well, I take that back. You are getting paid for it, Mm -hmm. but you're getting paid in a different way. So understand your value, understand your worth. Don't hesitate to ask for help and stay connected with your community because that's an important part of how you care for yourself. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Granny. I knew you would be the perfect choice for our first webcast. Thank you so much, Lynn, for inviting me. I've enjoyed this so much, and I had probably six more pages of notes, but you'll invite me back. Let's do this again, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you.